0: Let's talk about it. 877 337 6666. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Nothing to do to save his life. Call his wife and. Good Nothing morning! Say, what's what going on? 403. Alright, let's go. It's Wednesday morning. The I third day of January.
1: Say,
0: okay. Aaron Rodgers continues to yap. The Giants need to lose. The Jets need to lose. It's a wonderful start to the year. The Rangers goaltending. The one team that everybody told me all week long as we were playing the game of what team gives us the best chance to win a championship. That everybody played. Everyone plays that game the last week going into the new year. Well, in 2024, who's our best hope? Everyone said the Rangers, and rightfully so. I was concerned with the goaltending last night, but that's kind of taking a back seat to this Giant talk. What should they do in the draft? We all know what they should do in the draft draft a quarterback. The Jets are not in the same position. Aaron Rodgers changes things. I wish he would just. He needs to start playing just so we don't have to listen to the nonsense on Pat McAfee. At least they might actually have something to talk about instead of Jimmy Kimmel. Instead of the absolute, non, the ayahuasca and uh, Epstein's flight logs. And, you know, the last thing we need is the jet quarterback being sued by a late night TV host. Just cool it. Can we figure this thing out and actually play some football with Aaron Rodgers? We need it. That's why the plan is back. The coach is coming back. The GM's coming back. The offensive coordinator is coming back. And they are drafting an offensive lineman with their top pick because they need to do everything they can to give Aaron Rodgers the best chance to win next year. The Giants are completely different. They don't have a quarterback. And unless you have one, you need one. And I don't care about the offensive line. I don't care about how many weapons he has. I don't care about any of it. I have to find my quarterback. It's not DeVito, and I think we've learned it's not Daniel Jones. And they are going to be picking fifth overall as long as they don't do something stupid like win on Sunday. And that pains me to say, especially against the Eagles, but as long as they don't do something stupid like win on Sunday, like they almost did against the Rams last Sunday, They'll be picking fifth and hopefully in prime position at least to get one of these quarterbacks, and hopefully Shane and Dave will have strong feelings about one and he can draft him and coach him up and take the Giants into a winning franchise and not just worried about whether or not we should win our sixth game of the year because winning culture matters, or maybe we could actually have some winning culture and win year after year with a quarterback who actually can give them that opportunity. That's what I'm looking for for the Giants. am looking for sustained winning. 877 Sixty-six, sixty-six. Eric and Ron Concomo, what's up, Eric?
1: Hey, C-Mac. Uh, happy New Year. Good morning. Happy New Year um, and
0: good morning to you.
1: You know, <laughs> I find it a little, a little ironic with your with your outlook on on the the final giant game of the season because about halfway through the season, you were kind of hoping that the Eagles wouldn't have anything to play for. I know. The, the final week, you know, <laughs> and, and, and the sense back when the sense I thought the season the still had a chance, yes, to get into the playoffs, right? Correct. And now, now, now it actually now I'm f- again, now I'm thankful.
0: Now I'm thankful they have something to play for, in, right? in hopes that the Giants lose the game for a better draft position. Yep, to a
1: better draft pick. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's no, it, it's and it's like a one eighty, yeah, and know, if you but, think uh, that,
0: and if you think that makes you feel beaten down, imagine how it makes me feel. Oh, I'm, I just, well, I'm it's, a Jets fan. You can't get lower oh, than that right well, That's now. true. You can't get lower. But at least, no. I mean, listen, I think your your team at least has, in theory, an opportunity to be very good next year. I, I honestly believe that. I don't think there's a, there's a way in hell the Giants can be really good next year. Giants might surprise again, and who knows, if they draft the right quarterback, maybe they'll be better than we think. Uh, or maybe Daniel Jones, knowing he's going to have to battle for another team and a new contract and put something on tape, plays well. I don't know. But – well, uh, at least you know Aaron Rodgers with this overrated but still good defense uh, could still have a winning formula in my mind.
1: Well, you know what? I, I think if, if this season proved anything, uh, it's that you really can't tell. I mean, I know they say any given Sunday, but I mean, look, look at what Arizona did this season. I mean, yeah, they, they beat the two best teams in the East. It took a, it took a, a phenomenal second half from the Giants for the, Correct. the Giants to win that game, and and, and I'm pretty
0: and sure now that I Arizona think about lost
1: it, the Washington the first week of the season where where anyone could beat anybody. No, and you know, I mean, and, so and they, that game they almost was won the whole East.
0: Yeah, no, you're not kidding. I was just going to say, and that Washington game came down to the final minutes. They almost won that game, so yeah, uh, you're 100 percent right. They own the East this year. They barely beat they barely lost to the Giants, barely lost to Washington, and beat the Cowboys and Eagles. Very odd odd season from the uh, from the cardinals but yeah i mean listen it's it's an up and down league and quite honestly especially for these two teams you know with the jets certainly if they had competent quarterback play if they figured out a way to do what the browns did and i think that had a lot to do with why jet fans were so angry uh after thursday against the browns it's that you're looking at a team that was in pretty much the same position as you and evan talked about this and i mentioned it yeah. on friday uh, it's 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 so many different parallels with the with the Browns. One being a, 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 lose, a perennial losing franchise, which unfortunately the Jets have become. I mean, the Browns are the epitome mm. of losing in the NFL, and here they yeah. are in the same position with a talented team, with a high-priced quarterback, with expectations going into the year that got thrusted and completely thrown into the air by quarterback injuries and yet they found a way to now have 11 wins and be playing for a playoff spot and absolutely demolish you in an embarrassing fashion where your defense gave up and made business decisions and you're watching that team go on to the playoffs right. with Joe Flacco a quarterback you couldn't make it work with in previous years on your own team so it's it's a it was a it was a microcosm of suddenly Teams like the Browns and the Lions are winning divisions and heading to the postseason, right. and the Jets are the same old Jets heading for their Baker's well, dozen consecutive years of not making the playoffs. Well,
1: I'll, I'll well, I'll end it with this, and, and, and it's interesting you say that because it just in, in honor of Fleeks, because because he, he's a Swifty. you know, thirteen is Dale Swift's favorite number, I believe. So at least at least we got that, you know, him being in oh, well. Oh, thank God, so we got. But, Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Taylor Swift's favorite brother, uh, number uh, right. is it? Woo. But, that changes everything. Right. But but uh, but but just, but to comment on the Jets real quick. But the, the, here's where I'm mostly just. Dist- I mean, look, the, the Aaron Rodgers stuff has got me so annoyed. that I, I can't even talk about him anymore. But what bothers me the most about how this season went down is the fact that I mean, re- regardless of whether they had a uh, competent backup or not, the, the coaching staff showed that they couldn't couldn't figure out among anybody among those coaches to figure out a uh, a formula where it they, they could have you know produced better than they did and and that's what bothers me yeah because you know i mean you had Hackett you know who's Aaron rodgers you know favorite person apparently yep uh but you know uh for whether this criticism or not i mean he, he showed he couldn't be Effective coach in Denver, and now as a as the offensive coordinator this year, when when his his best you know friend goes down, the beginning of the season he couldn't figure out among however many quarterbacks they had, you know to produce something you know worthy of getting even somewhat excited. I mean yeah. you know as solid head coach, you know the uh, I mean they, they just couldn't put it together, and that Correct. over over sixteen seventeen weeks, you think that that would be. The, the well, I mean, really early, early
0: on, I mean, I, do you remember early on they went they were three and three after six, and they were everyone was patting them on the back heading into that bye yep. week. They beat the Eagles, they beat the Bills. Uh, yep. You know, they had an ugly they they lost to the Patriots, but ultimately, I remember everyone going, "Hey, I I would have taken three and three with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, this is amazing! Uh, what yep. a great start yep. to the year!" And then it, it all just fell apart. A little Some of those
1: games came, but how some of course the defense down, won them though. games. I mean.
0: I mean uh, the right. Eagles, in particular, yeah. I mean, Hurts threw the game away. I mean, they, I mean, he, he threw a, a, just a horrendous interception to end the game, uh, well, and the had Buffalo four wins, turnovers. They won
1: the Buffalo game with the run back, you know. No, and
0: yeah. And, play, yeah, and and Josh Allen was determined on losing the game. I mean, let's be fair,
1: but it still <laughs> happened.
0: It still happened, and, and they won some football games. And early on, it was promising. And then, you know, they they beat the Giants, and you had hopes for the season. They're four and three and then it all fell apart. Now to be fair to Hackett, which I don't have to be and nor do you, Eric, and thank you for the call. Um the quarterback plays particularly awful. I put it much more on uh Douglas and the leadership of this team not to bring in legitimate quarterbacks immediately. Immediately. Uh, they should have been I've, I've been. I was saying it since it went down. Everyone said it. One, they should have gone into the year with a better backup. No question about it. Far more criminal than it was to go in with a poor offensive line. That was the the talking point early on. Was Aaron Rodgers is damn near forty. You need a better offensive line. It's not going to work because Aaron Rodgers is too old. Uh, too you know you can't have this kind of offensive line when really uh, he wasn't hurt because of the offensive line. That play happens a hundred times a game even with a good offensive line. I mean. Uh, he didn't get beat into the ground time and time and time and time again and break a collarbone or something. Like, he just, freak injury. Avoiding the rush, sure, but that happens every game with a good offensive line. The problem was you didn't have an option to go to if he went down. You took a young quarterback who you deemed not good enough to play anymore and told him he was going to get a year to relax, and that's why you saw the best. Oh, he's a different player, you should see him. He's so much more confident, so much this and that. Yeah, because he knew he wasn't going to be on the hook for the season. And then four plays in, he was thrusted into it. Miraculously, he won a game against the, the Bills. But ultimately, the quarterback play for this team was atrocious. And yes, Hackett did nothing. Hackett coaches, if Rodgers was still the quarterback, and they went about things exactly the same, it was stupid. And I don't know how good he is as an offensive coordinator. I'll be the first to admit he's had a terrible year. But when you watch some of the game tape after, if you watch the All-22, like especially that the, the big one for me is the New England game. If any kind of capable quarterback was under center in that game, you win that game. There's no doubt about it. You watch it. There were guys running open. One of the final plays of the game where he's got he's got Wilson running across the middle wide open for an easy first down, and he doesn't see him. The only legitimately talented superstar weapon on the team on a fourth down play where they absolutely needed game on the line, he's not looking at him. That's something, I'm sorry, you can't coach. I don't care who's the option, who's what. You know, uh, with your life on the line, game on the line, you know where Garrett Wilson is. You know where he is. If you're a quarterback worth anything. And unfortunately, Zach Wilson isn't. And neither is Trevor Simeon, and neither is Tommy Boyle. Timmy Boyle, excuse me. They gave him really no chance of being successful. But he could have done something to uh, try to address the game in some sort of way that speaks a little bit more to, to, to either of these quarterbacks, Zach Wilson's strength. He did none of that. I totally agree. But as Aaron Rodgers said, the plan was for Aaron Rodgers to be the quarterback. The season ended four snaps in. It just took us 17 weeks to come to the conclusion, or you know, less than that. It was never going to work without Aaron Rodgers. Never was. Honestly, even if they brought in someone else, Maybe I know Joe Flacco's making it work in Denver. Uh, excuse me, Denver, in, um, in Cleveland. But I think their coaching staff is better, to be fair. Stefanski's done a much better job with it. He was winning games with P.J. Walker. He, they, were, they, they were better suited to win football games than the Jets are. Totally agree. And that's on the coach and that's on everybody. But ultimately, with Rodgers coming back, I just don't think it makes much sense to do anything other than just go for it with Rodgers and the same group. You close your eyes, and you pretend like this year didn't happen because the last thing I'm doing is forcing anything on Aaron Rodgers. I don't understand it. Part of the appeal of having Aaron Rodgers back is that he knows this offense inside and out, that he comes, he steps to the offensive line, and he knows exactly how to shift the line. He knows exactly what hot route to call. He knows exactly what the best situation for that team in that moment on that play is. He knows how to get rid of the ball quickly. He makes the offensive line better. He makes everything better. The difference between the quarterback play they've had and the understanding of the offense they had and the quarterback play and the understanding of the offense Aaron Rodgers brings is night and day, and there's only one way to go about this. As much as we'd all like to get our, you know, share of blood or whatever we want as as angry Jet fans as you may be, as an angry fan base as you may be, and as miserable as Salah's record is and as terrible as we saw this offense this year and as awful as maybe some of the decisions Joe Douglas has made over the course of this year, there's nothing else to do but chase it as long as you have Aaron Rodgers. I just don't see another game plan that makes any sense. Like It's a simple way to put it. Aaron Rodgers believes in the group he joined last year. He believes in Hackett. He believes in Salah. He believes in Douglas. As much as disappointed I am that he got hurt, and as much as the cloud of him being around the team and not playing probably hurt them this year, no doubt. And him and his continued, even to this day, idiotic comments and stupid interviews on Pat McAfee, as much as that's hindered the team this year, moving forward, I will put my trust in a Hall of Fame quarterback who's won a Super Bowl, who who's been part of a team that has absolutely owned a division, who makes the playoffs damn near every year he plays and wins 11, 12 games damn near every year he plays, I'll take my chances that he knows what a winning franchise looks like and that he knows he can win with this group, as opposed to firing everybody and letting Woody Johnson hire three new dopes. I'll take my chances with Aaron Rodgers. I've already done it. Right? The cliche, they sold their soul to Aaron Rodgers, fine, fair. Him running the franchise hurt them this year. Fine, fair. But when you sell your soul, you don't just bail on it a year in when it got nothing for you. You have to see it through fruition. You've given up your soul. There's no moving on from that without at least attempting to get the sweet life. And the sweet life is Aaron Rodgers being the quarterback for the Jets winning football games. And that might be a pipe dream that never comes true. But I can't give up on it. I can't. How do you give up on it? You got to see it through. And if I'm going to see it through, I'm not forcing coaching's coaches he doesn't want on him. So you're stuck with them for one more year. The plan is back. The fan is better when you're a part of it. Call us at 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus. So a story we talked about a little bit yesterday, um On the show is uh, Carolina Panthers owner David Tepper uh, throwing a drink on a Jacksonville Jaguar fan like a fool. And so today, or earlier yesterday, uh, the NFL came out and fined him $300,000. $300,000. Statement from David Tepper, I am deeply passionate about this team and regret my behavior on Sunday. I should have let NFL stadium security handle any issues that arose. I respect the NFL's code of conduct and accept the league's discipline for my behavior. Yeah, I'm sure you do. $300,000 to a billionaire. I know it's cliched at this point. We know what that means to him. It's absolutely nothing. It means absolutely nothing to him. That's the same thing as not penalizing him. We are talking about a situation that there is nothing worse. I don't know what worse you can do. Other than physically assault a fan, but an interaction with a fan from a billionaire owner, for him to throw a drink on the, on a fan, for him to get involved in any way, in any kind of physical nature, at all with a fan, is is not rule number uno. I mean, this three hundred thousand is a fine for a comment about a referee. Three hundred thousand is a co- is a fine for. Allowing guys to wear shoulder pads once too often during training camp. $300,000 for throwing a drink at a fan is ridiculous. It's a ridiculous penalty. It's a non-penalty. It is an absolute slap on the wrist. Now, we may all understand. I mean, on some level, we we, we understand frustration. When people say the wrong thing, you get pissed off, whatever. You know, we... You can't behave like that. You can't react like that. He needs to be suspended. He needs to be away from the team. I'm not, I'll am not. i be the first to say, I don't know what the penalty is necessarily, but $300,000 is a non-penalty. It's a non-penalty. You've seen all the numbers. People have had it out on Twitter. It's like .001247 percentage of his net wealth. I'm not saying you got to go after the guy's you know you got just because he's a billionaire you got to you got to fine him 100 200 million dollars i i but you got to make it hurt in some way this makes it hurt zero you cannot be a jackass and throw drinks on fans you just can't it's the fan the fans are the number one thing you cannot like it's the number one pe- for an owner or for anyone you cannot throw a drink on a fan. And, I, I you know, to me, he's got to be suspended and not around the team and not around the game, certainly for next week, maybe even two weeks into the season. you got to make this penalty hurt, and $300,000 does not hurt at all. He laughs at it. It's a weekend in Vegas. Like, it's, it's just, it's, it's despicable. The fine has to be better than three hundred thousand dollars. It just has to. You have to take into consideration what that penalty. You have to make it hurt. I understand you want to. You're afraid of setting precedents. What precedent is more severe, or what should you be more worried about, other than throwing cocktails on a on a on a fan? Like what? This is it. Three hundred thousand dollars is a joke, Mike in Manhattan. What's up, Mike? What's going on?
1: I'm twenty minutes at the crap table.
0: It is, yeah. I mean, that's nothing. It's three hundred thousand dollars is literally nothing to him, and I and I get it. I'm I'm not saying it should be you know a billion dollars because he's worth twenty billion dollars, but at some level you have to try and make this hurt. This is in no way
1: does a fan sue him or was a fake. I mean, I I don't.
0: I could. I mean, I suppose you could, right? It's America.
1: You could figure get, out a way it, to sue for anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But this penalty needs to hurt, and this doesn't hurt at all. And <laughs> I'm not even sure there's a way to hurt him with the pocketbook. So I, I, that's why I would go with suspension because it's got to be something. If he's passionate about this team, take his passion away. Tell him he can't be around the team for. You know, a few weeks yeah, after right. season or something. Like, I don't know what else to do because I I agree. There's there's no amount of money that hurts. Like, it's it's a hard thing to find a billionaire, uh, but it's got to hurt more than three hundred thousand dollars. That's nothing.
1: Right. How how does Aaron Rodgers well, know who's on the Upstream list? He
0: doesn't. He didn't say he did. He suggested. Uh, he suggest. Well, I mean, I guess he He suggested, I suppose, that Jimmy Kimmel was and that he'll celebrate when, when that he's on the list.
1: Out. I don't know.
0: I, I I that was weird. I'm not going to speculate at all. I'm not going to speculate at all. I'll leave that to Aaron Rodgers. But you can't have these interviews are getting silly now, and it's because he's not playing. Like he needs to just stop them. And if he gets hurt next year, he needs to just not do them because they get into the absurd. They get into the absurd because this is the kind of guy he is, right? This is what they do. Pat McAfee is a content creator. He's good at what he does. And when Aaron Rodgers isn't playing and the Jets are a snooze fest and the biggest story is that they, you know, released cooks like and the season's dead. What else is there to talk about except silly stuff and get into, you know, whether it's last week or two weeks ago, whenever it was when he's talking about Uh, Every reporter should uh, give their vaccination status and now making jokes about the Epstein fly, uh, you know, plane logs and Jimmy Kimmel threatening lawsuits like this is the last thing that the the last thing this team needs and not that it matters because the season's over. But the last thing this team needs is to show up and answer questions about possible lawsuits from late night TV hosts. Like, I mean, can you imagine the absolute just absurdity that this ha- has taken—it's just—it's remarkable. It's remarkable what this guy does. He needs to. Ju- I mean, just play football, please. I'm I'm fighting for you. I'm trying to. I think most fans are, are probably in my in my uh, camp that it's time to play because I don't know what else you could do. But just shush, just shush. Again, he's talking about ayahuasca. I mean, they're going to they're going to replay the hits. They got nothing else to talk about. Pat McAfee has nothing else to talk to him about. There's no more football, there's nothing left to talk about. They've gone through it all. So what do they do? They bring up crazy stuff. Because he's the kind of guy who leans into that, which is fine I don't, on his personal, but you can't be making slanderous claims that are going to get you, you know, sued by a late-night TV host. Crazy. You know, this is crazy. I just saw this real quick. This is... I don't know what it says, if it speaks about us as a people as much as I think it may, but this is just a weird... a weird thing to say about how we are as a people. A little bit. So, obviously, Mickey Mouse is one of the more iconic characters and symbols, especially with Disney and the ears and everything. I mean, it's just... It's Americana. It's iconic. We all know who Mickey Mouse is. Uh, we all know the symbol of Mickey Mouse. Well, at the start of the year, because I guess there's some sort of copyright lapse, since the start of the new year, he's become Mickey Mouse's public domain. The copyright has, has lapsed. It's not strictly to Disney. You can use the likeness of Mickey Mouse. I'm sure that will come to an end soon. I'm sure they're going to fix this. But right now... They do not exclusively own the rights to the likeness of Mickey Mouse. So what do we do? What's the first thing that we run out to do? I mean, I, I it's just amazing to me. The first thing we go out there and do as a I mean, i I'm, as a people, it's probably maybe overstating a bit. But what's the first thing that comes of this? Where's the first example of someone using Mickey Mouse? Horror movies. Of course. Of course, there are already three horror movies announced. One's actually a video game. But all of them, two horror movies and a video game have been announced. And there's one that already has a trailer out for it. Now, it's a B-level crap movie. But like that Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, it's like the same thing. It's like a big guy with a knife in a ridiculous Mickey Mouse mask. But it's called Mickey Mouse's, it's Mickey's Mousetrap, and it's a horror movie that they already have a trailer out, which means they were aware that the lapse was possible. They knew what was coming. They shot the movie, had it in the can, and ready to go for the start of the year so they can come out with a Mickey Mouse horror movie. So that's that's what we do. Mickey Mouse is available. Let's rush to make a slasher movie. Because everybody wants to see our favorite characters, whether it be Winnie the Pooh or whether it be Mickey Mouse. We all want to see them on a murderous rampage. This is what the, it's not so much the filmmaker. it's what they think we want. This is what they think we want. Mickey Mouse is available. Let's make some horror movies. You know what else is coming? Adult features as well. There'll be a Mickey Mouse clubhouse that you'll have to pay $9.99 to rent. See that coming. Or go to uh, the the Brazzers. (laughs) Amazing. 433 877 337 6666. Mickey Mouse in a horror movie. Mickey Mouse chasing you with a knife. It's Mickey's mouse trap. Just when you thought everything was safe. That was a terrible Mickey Mouse. Trap. Call us 877 337 6666. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus. So, yeah, someone just sent me a, a tweet. Um, so I think it is, I, I, it didn't say this in the story, but every picture, including the harm of the Mickey Mouse thing, to get back to that, obviously, the, as I said before, the copyright has lapsed on, on Mickey Mouse, but it's not just, I don't know if it's just any Mickey Mouse or if it's Steamboat Willie Mickey Mouse, which was one of the original cartoons, the the older-looking Mickey Mouse. I don't know if there's a difference, but... Um, in this article about a video game that's coming out, a one-person shooter game called Mouse, or it's in development. They're going to try and do it, but in that story, it says the copyright of Steamboat Willie Mickey, which, to be fair, is the look of the horror movie uh, trailer. Like it all is that old school Mickey Mouse, which is a little bit more creepy looking. To be totally honest, which probably fits a, a a horror movie better than the newer. Looking Mickey Mouse's, but just weird to me. So that's what—that's the other thing they want to do: a first-person shooter game, just called Mouse. Where there's like a trailer for it. Unbelievable. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Let's get to the calls here. Maury and Bellmore, what's up, Maury? Good
2: morning, C Mac. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? What's going on? All oh, good. I'm looking forward to Steamboat Willie uh, uh, killing Barney in some sort of horror film. It's going to be fun. Uh, it's
0: it's it's just you never know. As soon as that as soon as characters become available, we we got to make slasher flicks. It's well, bizarre. Public
2: domain is is interesting. There's it's a bizarre. lot of really bad crap in there. But listen, I haven't spoken to you since the Nick trade. Yes. I think it's a good move. It Do you is. Think there's more to come. I'd like to see them get past the first round of the playoffs. We need sure. a couple more well, trades. I do think they're going to do something.
0: Um, well, we'll see. I mean, I guess the, the word is uh, that, one, I don't know if Mitchell's even available, but it sounds like the Knicks are not uh, prepared to go all in yep. on a Mitchell trade. But I agree. Listen, this doesn't, this doesn't put them over the top. I don't think there's anything yeah. about it. But it makes them better. I think this trade I- makes them better. Uh, I, I, think it's, I think it's a good move. I think we saw. Uh, we know what R.J. Barrett – I think we've seen what R.J. Barrett is, and it's not good enough. Uh, Quickly's a, a very good player, but once they – and I said this the day the news broke that they couldn't come with a contract. They yeah. Once they didn't sign him, I felt like he wasn't long here because he's going to get more money on the, the, the open market. He's kind of blocked by Brunson. I don't think the Knicks view him as someone to make big money, and he might get a decent contract the way he can score. Uh, they're going to miss that instant offense and instant um, – Uh, instant energy off the bench. They're going to have to find a way to get it. But ultimately, what uh, Ananobi brings, Ananobi brings his ability to defend almost every position. He played Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns in the same game. Uh, The ability to put him on a a best player and try and shut him down. Uh, The ability, his efficiency in scoring. I mean, he's not a world-class scorer, but he scored 17 points in 12 games. And it's like... You know, he's, he's, he's a better just spot-and-shoot three-point shooter, especially from the corners, than R.J. Barrett is. He brings a lot to the table, some length, some size, some defense, some ability to hit the outside shot, and he was making nice cuts to the basket. He just looked like a better basketball player, yeah, I, it, it just looked, plain and simple. And it, fit, yeah, it, it looked, fit the team like a glove, and they had a signature win, beating the best team in the West in Minnesota. And now they'll play yeah. again tonight against Chicago, games on ABC, and hopefully he balls out again, and they and they should be able to beat a, a bad Bulls team.
2: Yeah, and I think the only thing the Knicks need to do is figure out a way to give Brunson some time uh, You know, before the playoffs. He needs yeah. a backup because he's getting beat up every time he goes to the lane. Black eyes, busted lips. Yeah. But I love what we look like today. We I knew when we didn't sign Q that we were going to have to trade him. Yeah, Let's see the what last happens. thing you could do is
0: let Q leave for no, for no value. You had to get something. Yeah, and we
2: hit the ceiling. We hit the ceiling with Barrett. I think we got everything no doubt. out of him, uh, that we could have. No but doubt. But listen, C-Mac, tonight is your night, bro. Tonight is your night, bro. That's That's your great, bro. great work. And my boy is coming home from California, licking his wounds Chris Bama lost. But he had a great experience. What oh,
0: that's think? right, that's right. Yeah, sorry for he you. He enjoyed that's...
2: himself. God bless, Chris.
0: All right, you too, Maury. Be well, uh, Eddie and Rockland. What's up, Eddie? Hey, what's happening,
1: Mac? What's what? going on?
0: What's up?
1: Do we got a New Year's resolution, brother?
0: Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I keep it to myself like birthday wishes.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say something smart and nasty about me, but... Uh, why would I, I say yeah, something
0: smart and nasty?
1: I, I put a softball out for you to blast oh, it out I of don't... it but... I
0: don't... Why would... I'm not... I wouldn't kill you, Eddie. I'm just, you know, every once in a while, you know, I'll I'll have a little fun with you because I know it's going to go up on... And if I blast you, you're going to put it up on Twitter and I'll be the bad guy. So I'm not going to do that. You're a wonderful guy there, Eddie. Can't,
1: yeah, you know, you can't know, say nicer you know, things about Eddie... Eddie Hey Mac, you know who else puts great radio on on uh, on YouTube and the TV? Who's that? Stern does that too.
0: No, I understand. I understand.
1: Oh, okay. Let's I'm very mu- this, yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, me and Howard Stern, this, so much in common.
1: This this uh, uh, Giants thing. You think they're gonna take go for a quarterback? Okay, I, say they say they there isn't anybody there. How do you how do you want them to deal with Daniel Daniel Jones and the draft pick? If there's no quarterback at the situation, like you
2: say, how do
0: you want? I find it hard to believe there's not a quarterback at five, but let's say you're right. I don't know. Let's say picks one through four are all quarterbacks and the Giants don't like the fifth available one. Um, I would draft that. That means inherently that uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. is available. Uh, that would be someone uh, I uh, I would absolutely uh, look to target right there. He's a an an unbelievable playmaking wide receiver. He's a game changer. So I would probably take him or I would take one of the either alt or one of the, 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 Penn state tackle. I would look to improve the offensive line of the wide receiving core. Those are the two spots I would look to improve very much like the jets. Uh, cause those are the, the, the offensive line and weapons are kind of what I'm looking for. And those are the, the spots there at the top of the draft that I think I could improve the team with, especially if Harrison's available uh, because all four quarterbacks, or all quarterbacks went first. I mean, I it depends on how the Giants feel. I want them to take a quarterback. I mean, that's where I am right now. What do I want them to do if not? Offensive line, I suppose. And what do I want them to do with the quarterback room next year if there is no offensive uh, quarterback drafted, if there is no replacement drafted for Dan Jones? They have no choice. Dan Jones is the quarterback next year. And it's either DeVito or someone else, and thank you for the call, Eddie. It's someone else filling in until he's healthy, but it won't be anyone of note. It'll be DeVito or it'll be someone else they bring in, another Tyrod Taylor, you know, version of Tyrod Taylor, a backup quarterback to play until Daniel Jones is healthy and then Daniel Jones is the quarterback. That's plain and simple if they don't draft a quarterback. And that's pretty much how it's going to go down even if they draft a quarterback. I think they'll bring in another another quarterback to play whatever games Daniel Jones is not ready for. Then they will play Daniel Jones. And as long as things go okay, if they're winning football games, certainly, then they'll stick with Daniel Jones. And if not sometime mid-late season, or maybe they'll just take it through the whole year, depending on how the season breaks out. They'll go to the quarterback next year and get rid of Daniel Jones after this coming year. That's the plan. That's the plan. The Kansas City model. The Kansas City model of Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes. That's what I think the Giants will do. But I find it hard to believe there won't be one at at the fifth spot. And quite honestly, I have no problem trading up. I have no problem trading up. And that's why that's a, that's the other thing about the spot. Like, everyone's just wherever it falls, it falls. You you win the game, and you worry about where the pick lands, and you pick where you pick. Like i I want the I want as high a pick as possible because if I if they love a quarterback and want to move up, I want to make that as easy as possible. Like that, if they want to move up from five, it's easier to move up from five than seven or eight. It's less less draft equity I get to give up. So if they need, to, I'll. I'll be th- if they move up to 3 and draft a quarterback, I'll be thrilled with it. Like that's what I want. I want the quarterback. There's no other pick I want. So until that doesn't happen, I'm not even thinking about it. How about that? You can call me and you ask me what should they do? Quarterback. What if not a quarterback? Don't think a quarterback. That's all I'm going to say. It's the only thing that's going to come out of my mouth the New York Giants draft a quarterback. What if not a I don't care. Quarterback. But we all know the needs of the team. They need to fix the offensive line. So if not a quarterback, offensive line. Okay, there you go. Hope you're all happy. But it better be a quarterback. And I think there are guys that hopefully, if if Dable can turn Tommy DeVito into someone the fan base can't live without, and someone who won three games and played the best quarterback of the season. If he can make Tommy DeVito sell Ray's, Rayo's pasta sauce, tomato sauce. If he could turn him into the passing pies on. Imagine what he could do with a number of these quarterbacks in a quarterback-heavy draft. That's what I want to see. And I don't want to have another losing season and be in a position to draft a quarterback next year. Like, I, If Daniel Jones is the guy I want to win, then it's about winning next year. Like, I, 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 I'm tired of drafting in the top five. That's why I want to take the quarterback. So I don't have to think about tanking and where I want the team to draft. And, and I want to win football games. That's what, that's what I desperately want for the Giants. I want to have meaningful seasons. So I, I just, you know, you got, to me, you have to take a quarterback. I want to see what this coach does. Because to me, it's a waste. Like, it's a waste of Brian Dable. I like Daniel Jones. If everything is perfect, you can win with him. He was great down the stretch of the season, won the great. He was uh, he was unbelievable in the game against Minnesota. We all know it. We've all said it fair. Fine. He's coming off two of the last three seasons with season-ending surgery on his neck, which popped up again this year before he had the knee injury, and now the knee injury. He's had two seasons where it's season-ending every year, but last year he's missed time for something or other. He's an injury-prone quarterback who doesn't throw touchdown passes and hasn't really won a lot of games in the NFL. That's what it is, whether it's because he went through all these coaches or the Giants ruined him or whatever else may be. I don't think he's the guy. I think they had no choice but to give him a contract because of how he played, the way they won, where they were in the draft, and the other options at the quarterback position. He's better than Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is awful. And Aaron Rodgers wasn't coming here. And, I, and I'm not getting Jimmy Garoppolo. Like So the options were Daniel Jones or I don't know what, and they really weren't in a position to draft a quarterback in not a, a, dra- a quarterback-heavy draft. This year is the perfect scenario. And quite honestly... You're wasting one of the better gifts of the head coach if you don't allow him to do this. Like If you don't, if, if right now, off of this year, if you're going to have faith in Dable and Shane, and you're going to give him another, if you're going to let him coach this team, if he's the guy, if that's what the Giants decide, if that's what Mara decides, that this is the guy, and this is the team of coach and GM, it's going to be a waste if they go through their career with fumbling quarterbacks like like Daniel Jones or they bring in another free agent guy because they, they don't draft a quarterback this year. They win seven, eight games next year, and and there's no chance to draft a quarterback then, and they're paying, I don't know, whomever. Whoever's next on the long list of quarterbacks uh, with second contracts, the, the amazing amount of success they've brought. Like, it will be a waste. To have Brian Dable and Joe Shane, who specifically got hired for drafting and developing Josh Allen, to never give them that opportunity. Now is the time. You ha- He's coming back. They started the rebuild. They had a miraculous year. One of the rebuild. It actually slowed down the rebuild. And now they're going to take a step back. Now they're going to do what they probably hope to do right away and rebuild this team from the ground up in their vision with their guys and particularly their quarterback that this coach can sculpt into the kind of quarterback they want for their offense. And if Dable never gets that shot, if Dable's tenure with the New York Giants comes and goes, now if it brings winning and obviously championships, then who cares? But ultimately, if it's a... Average to below average and ultimately failing kind of feeling to his tenure as a New York Giant coach and it never had him and his guy and developing his quarterback I, it will feel like a waste it'll feel like a waste of a guy who literally got his job because of that skill set and what we saw with Daniel Jones from week one last year right? week one in his face, he throws a terrible pick in the end zone in his face and what does Daniel Jones do the rest of the year? Become the least turnover quarterback in the NFL after it was his major problem. And turned him into a guy who, you know, put on a virtuoso performance in the playoffs. That's what he did with Daniel Jones after we saw what Joe Judge did with Daniel Jones. Now, I still don't think Daniel Jones is is that good. I still don't think Daniel Jones is worthy of the contract he got, and I certainly don't think he's worthy of passing on a quarterback in this draft and moving forward as the guy when they have a way out of this contract after this year. But if he can do that with Daniel Jones, and if he can make Tommy DeVito someone we're all clamoring for and pissed off that Tyrod Taylor is playing instead of and is literally selling products right now and doing commercials with his mother about pasta sauce, like if he could get that out of Tommy DeVito, imagine what he can get out of a guy who might go on and win the national championship this year in Michael Pennix. Or a guy who threw for five touchdown passes. In Bo Nix. In his bowl game. Or a guy like Drake May. Like, that's what I want to see. That's what I desperately want to see. And sure, it's a crapshoot. And sure, we've seen it fail. And sure, Daniel Jones was a, a sixth overall pick. And sure, we just saw what a second overall pick did for the Jets, back to back, with, with Russell, uh, with uh, Zach Wilson, and Sam Donald. I get it. It's a crapshoot. It's all a crapshoot. You think drafting an offensive? You think drafting a tackle there guarantees this offensive line as some sort of major turnaround next year, and it's no problem? You think the you think if if they draft uh, Alt out of out of Notre Dame, suddenly this offense has no this offensive line gets turned around lickety split. Evan Neal was a was a, a a tackle out of Alabama. Evan Neal was a can't be wrong. Evan Neal was a can't miss. Evan Neal was a sure thing. And he's been anything but in the NFL. He's been horrible. There's no guarantee about any of it. But a left tackle, as important as he may be, they already have one, so another tackle, as important as he may be, is not the quarterback. And as game-changing as Harrison Jr. might be, he's not a quarterback. And if you don't have one, you have to go get one. And there is no such thing in this league there is no such thing as a roster that's not ready for a quarterback. I, I hate that proposition. I hate the idea that people think. I, I just can't imagine. There is no such. There's so, this is what I was clamoring about when they drafted Saquon Barkley second overall. They were not in a position roster-wise to draft a running back with the second overall pick. Right? There are positions where your roster isn't ready for. The running back being numero uno. That is the cherry on a Sunday. You draft a running back that, top, that high up when everything else is just right, when your offensive line is good, when you have a quarterback, when you have a defense, that's when you draft a running back second overall, when you're looking to put yourself over the top with a playmaker out of the running back position. Not when you have a 35-year-old quarterback at the tail end of his career, a crappy offensive line, and not much else. That was a terrible pick by the New York Giants. I love Saquon Barkley. I love the player he is. I'm sure they'll franchise him again. I love the leader he is. He's a great player. He hasn't impacted winning on any level for the New York Giants. None. He's been here for now five years. When I, draft a run, when I draft a player second overall and he's been with my team five years, I expect a level of some sort of success with that team. But running backs don't, don't guarantee you that. If you take a quarterback and he's as good a player as Saquon Barkley and, and meets the criteria and becomes everything you'd hoped he'd be, you have a winning football team. I don't care about the offensive line. I don't care about anything else. That alone gives you a winning football team. Not a, Maybe not a Super Bowl winning football team. Maybe not a perennial conference championship football team. You'll need more than that, but still. You'll have a stable franchise with that kind of pick and that kind of quarterback. And that's what I want. And quite honestly, if we're being fair about it, the Giants haven't had it in forever. Even Eli Manning, who was the first pick overall. They obviously traded from the fourth, uh, Phillip Rivers, and then traded for him. And he won two of the greatest championships, not just the, the Giants have seen, this city has seen. To beat the undefeated Patriots was incredible. And the run he went on and the way he played in Green Bay and him in Plaxico in that game to beat Brett Favre, they beat Tony Romo, they beat Brett Favre, they beat Tom Brady, they beat Aaron Rodgers. Like, just in two incredible runs, particularly the first one, but two incredible runs to championships that I wouldn't trade for anything. But even with, even with Eli Manning, they didn't have sustained winning. They didn't have playoffs every year, 10, 11 wins every year, divisional titles. They had a couple of big-time runs. And even in those runs, you know, one was a, from a wild-card position when, you know, one, one had nine wins. You need a quarterback in this league if you want to be successful at the level the Green Bay Packers have been with Aaron Rodgers, the way Peyton Manning was with the Colts, the way Tom Brady was with the Patriots, the way we're seeing Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes' team stinks. right? They have a great defense. They can't find a wide receiver to catch a pass. Travis Kelsey suddenly falling off the abyss, you know, writing songs. The offensive line's kind of, ah. Eh. The run, the the run game. They drafted Edwards-Hilaire. Talking about run, drafting running backs, he's been pretty much awful. They go to Pacheco. He's okay, but ultimately they don't. Other than Patrick Mahomes, there's not much there. And yet, where are they? Well, such a disappointing season to another division title? That's what I want. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want the nice story of Tommy DeVito and his chicken cutlets. I want a proven winner year in and year out. And when you're in top five, you go out and you get it. All right, thank you for calling. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Unfortunately, I didn't get any Yankees into the Yankee hot stove hour. I apologize. We'll do it tomorrow, though, and they better do something. There, I got a little bit in. Go get a pitcher. Same for the Mets. Why not? All right, that's it for me. Thank you, Fliegelman. Thank you guys for listening and calling. I think I already said that. The warm-up show is next. Knicks basketball tonight, so we'll have some fun when I talk to you again at 2 a.m. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. I'll catch you later.
2: Sports Radio 101.9 FM. W.